0: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Resilience Tea Party Patriots, and my co-host this week is Doug Hauser, also with the Resilience Tea Party Patriots and the School Choice Foundation, um, the most important cause, political cause before us, in my opinion. And we see every day the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office, if you want little things like freedom, representative democracy, a country, mm, you know, little things like that. <laughs> we are especially honored. We have a, we've had some great guests on this show, but I am especially honored to have our guest this week, Pastor Arthur Polowski. And in promoting his upcoming meeting, actually, his past Thursday's meeting, if I say the name, most people just kind of look at you and go, "Um, who's that? But then I describe what happened and the video that brought him to, to prominence. Then they go, oh, yeah, I remember that. So we're going to start here to introduce Pastor Palowski with part of that now famous video.
3: Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Okay. Get out of this property okay. immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property I immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out, out of this property, immediately until you come back with a warrant, out, 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 out of this property, immediately out, immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you, not a word, out of this prop. out of this property, immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed! Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go! So go! Go!
1: Go! And don't come back without a warrant. Out,
3: Nazi. Out! Out! You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick evil people intimidating people in a church during the passover you get on nazi communists fascists don't you dare coming back here can you imagine those psychopaths passover the holiest christian festival in a year and they're coming to intimidate christians during the holiest festival? Unbelievable. What is wrong with those sick psychopaths? It's beyond me. Wow. Wow. How dare they? How dare they?
0: Wow. <laughs> so what, happ- what happened was, it, and Pastor Pawlowski has a church in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, is they showed up unannounced, no warrant, during religious service, during the Passover service, and that was the result. And that was great, and those of us who have seen the coronavirus tyranny around the world applauded. And this video got, I don't know how many millions, tens of millions of of of, of views. But I've learned, and I had watched uh, Pastor Pawlowski when he was with Pastor Tim Thompson this past Wednesday, and there is so much more to both Pastor Pawlowski and... The lead up to that event, that I was I was I was exceedingly impressed with him, and his story starts in communist Poland. From there to being to being a pastor standing in the gap for the Lord in Calgary, Canada, it was an is an amazing story. And Pastor, why don't you start back in communist
4: Poland? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me in I absolutely enjoy this time in the United States I mean... You guys are amazing. Seriously, I see American flags everywhere. I mean, that's so awesome. I am the only one that has a Canadian flag, even though I am being persecuted for the past 16 years by Canadian government. I still love my country. I am a patriot. I love Canada. This is the country that was promised. Um, It promised me to have a normal life, a life without persecution, a life that I can work hard and achieve something. The American dream, if you will. I emigrated to Canada because I love freedom. I wanted to be a free man. So I put that Canadian flag as a symbolism to declare that I am for the country. I am for the law and order. I I, want to be a lover of what God has given to me. And when I came here to the United States, I mean, at every corner, I see American flag. That really touches me very deeply because it shows that there's so many people that love their country, their patriots and uh, they want to stand up for what's right and i think that's the american dream it's more important than just bread and food is this idea of freedom so i grew up behind the iron curtain i grew up in poland under the boots of the soviets so just a little bit of a history when germans attacked us in 1939 poland was a flourishing nation it was one of the uh, of the middle key nations in Europe. We were doing extremely well. Uh, Polish government was uh, becoming very powerful. People were uh, becoming rich. Economy was thriving. And then the Germans attacked us the 1st of September. But not just Germans. If you know your history, you know that the Russians attacked us, uh, attacked us from the other side. So we, had, we, were, we were attacked by two powerful nations. They divided Poland in half. And that's what triggered the Second World War. Six years later, when the world was celebrating, including Americans, and I'm very grateful to the ancestors, your ancestors, that were willing to come and liberate Europe. However, Poland was not liberated. Poland was sold to the Soviets. And in 1945, tens of thousands of patriots were slaughtered, murdered by the Soviet regime, the communists. And in 1945, Poland became another state of Russia. They took over, they occupied our country. And even though we had a constitution, we had our human rights, no one, I mean, seriously, you have to study that fascists, communists, socialists do not care about your constitution. Poland had a constitution. Poland was the second country on earth that implemented constitution right after the United States of America. But communists, fascists, and socialists do not care about your human rights, and immediately they started to arrest everyone that was patriotic, everyone that was a lover of Poland, everyone that fought against the Nazis, everyone that uh, wanted a free society. They were arrested. Many thousands were murdered by the Soviets, and tens of thousands were arrested. So I grew up in a country that, first of all, I heard the stories from my grandparents and the older generation about the Gestapo, about the fascism, about the Germans, what they've done to us. But, of course, I grew up under the communism. So I have a first-hand, uh, you know, I saw firsthand what communism is all about, what socialism is all about. Uh, there was no rule of law. It was what they said it was going. The police officers, they had this famous saying, give us a man and we will find something on that man. Total lawlessness. They were not officers. They were not peace officers. They were gangsters working for the biggest mafia in the country, the Communist Party. So, for example, if you were caught listening to a radio, outside of the approved radio from the communist party you could go to jail for five years but the officers were not just arresting you and throwing you in jail first you were they would break the door five in the morning and actually yesterday i've heard that the fbi is doing the same tactics they're yes. doing exactly the same thing they're arresting patriots they're arresting people five in the morning why five in the morning because that's where you have the deepest sleep and they are doing the same tactics. I'm absolutely shocked because it looks like they're following the same script from the communist manifesto or Mankind for father of Adolf Hitler. They would break in a, in the middle of the night and preferably they would like if you were naked in your bed, because that was, that was a bonus for them. They would torture you. Torture was always, always um, applied and then they would throw you in jail and you would think to yourself well i've done nothing wrong i i I didn't do anything and surely the courts will vindicate me and off you go to jail and to see the judge and the judge was so corrupted everything was so corrupted everything was run by bribes that they were following not the law not the constitution of this country why am i telling you this uh, while we are the constitution because you americans you think that you're protected by your constitution Mm -hmm. let me tell you something that communists and fascists do not care about piece of paper. You have to care about that paper. You have to care about your rights. You have to stand up for your rights, because those types of people do not care about your human rights. They do not care about the constitution of this country. They are following orders from a deep state, or you, whatever you want to call them, the communists, the Chinese. So uh, you would stand before the courts, and the courts were doing only what the communistic party were telling them, to do and off you go to jail for five years why because a neighbor snitched on you because the neighbor wanted your job because someone said that you said something or you did something but you didn't but they wanted your job or they didn't like you off you go to jail Uh, the tactics of the communists were also uh, what i have witnessed in the city of calgary Uh, they would take pictures of your children they would take pictures of your wives. If they could not get to you, they would always take pictures of your family. And they would show you the pictures, and they would say, look, maybe we won't do anything to you. Okay, you're a tough guy. Okay, we, we get it. We arrested you many times, but you know, you're know you so tough. Okay, well, well we, we know where your wife works. You know what can happen? You know what we, what we can do to your wife? I mean, we can rape her day and night, and there's nothing you can do about it. We know where your daughter goes to school. You know what we can do to your daughter? That's the tactics that I've seen under the Nazis, of course, when I've heard the stories from my grandparents, and then later on from the communists. So what is happening right now, it's the biggest communistic, fascist, you know, hybrid. It's a hybrid Um, during our lifetime. It's a hybrid of... Evil people, wannabe tyrants, they're taking our rights slowly, one law at a time. I emigrated to uh, Greece. I actually escaped on a boat because the government denied three times our visas, so we could not leave the country until we found a way. We had to pay a lot of money to be on the boat, and it's funny because it was a Russian boat, and we escaped to Istanbul, Turkey. From Turkey, we escaped to Greece Athens and then we threw our stuff over the fence uh, we were reunited with my father that escaped a year before and we started our life over over in Greece We started a business. We were quite successful. And then Canadian government, and I think this is the most ironic thing in my life, the Canadian government contacted us, and we went to see them in Canadian embassy in Athens, and they said, hey, we are looking for people like you, young people, ambitious people, business people. Sell everything you have, sell your businesses, and come to Canada. This is the freest country on earth, and we guarantee you no one will hunt you down because of your fate. And here I am today. In Canada, Calgary, Alberta. In 1995, we emigrated to, to Calgary, and we started all over. We started a business. We were, again, quite
0: successful. Before we leave Poland, you, you told a story to Pastor Tim illustrating the, what it was like to live under communism and what it was involved to buy a kilogram of coffee. Yes. Um, you know, people, especially young people, they think
4: that uh, communism, socialism is a is a cute little thing. You know, everyone will be equal, right? You hear that story, that utopia, that everyone will be the same. Everyone will own the same thing, right? You will own nothing and you will be happy. That's what they are saying to us in Canada. You will own nothing and you will be happy. You will be truly free. Well, listen, we did own nothing and we were not happy. Actually, the whole country was miserable. That's why. Why do you think Polish people, Czechoslovakians, from the Eastern Bloc behind the Iron Curtain were such a drunkards. Have you ever asked that question, why Polish people, Russian people, the first thing on the table was always a bottle of vodka? And I'm not kidding you. The moment you entered somebody else's house, that was the first thing. Not coffee. Here is, would you like a tea or coffee, right? In Canada, the same thing. But in Polish house, in Russian house, the first thing, would you like vodka? Because people were depressed. There was no hope it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what um, you know you wanted to achieve, you couldn't because the Communist Party would not allow you to achieve that so depression, suicidal um, drinking. All the time. Uh, darkness. Constant lineups. Never ending lineups. To buy a loaf of bread. I stood every single week on Saturday morning. I'll never forget that. A lineup you could not see the end for one loaf of bread. We had food stamps. Americans, I'm sure you've heard about the food stamps from the second war, right? Mm-hmm. When the food was needed for the soldiers. So the government... Implemented food stamps, so everyone would be would, would receive an equal amount of food. In Poland, it was the communist government that was telling you how much you can have of meat. So two two kilos of beef, two kilos of pork, a uh, one kilo of sausage, a uh, two kilo of sugar a month. The government was telling you how much you can have. So not only you needed to fight for the money, you needed to have the food stamps in order to buy what you needed. And that was going on every single month for years. And to buy coffee, you mentioned coffee. To buy coffee, right now you go to store and you get like 100 different types of coffees and your eyes are spinning. You don't know which one to buy. You're confused. Actually, you're tormented because which one I should buy?
0: Is this good or that good? Let's, we are, I'm so engrossed in your, in in listening to you, we are past time for a break. So let's take a break here and then we'll come back and you can tell us what's involved to buy a kilogram of coffee under communism after this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back
5: after this.
0: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are honored to have in studio with us Pastor Arthur Polowski, who came to fame for throwing the healthcare, uh, Gestapo out of his church and then that now famous video. And he's been telling us his story from communist Poland up to, the, up to that point. Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, the famous Soviet dissident, in different places over the years, I've had to prove that socialism, which to many Western thinkers is a kind of kingdom of justice, was in fact full of coercion, of bureaucratic greed, and corruption, and avarice. And uh, you can certainly testify to that. And before our break, you were about to tell us what was involved to buy some coffee under communism. So imagine... I know it will be extremely difficult for you to
4: imagine that, but do your best. You go to a a Walmart, a huge store, and you want to buy something, and the only thing on the shelves is vinegar. Thousands of bottles of vinegar (laughs) and nothing else. I mean, nothing else. I'll never forget those images from the childhood. Why vinegar? Because the Russians didn't care about vinegar, so they left it in Poland. Everything else they have been stealing. Left and right. So Polish people were impoverished, destroyed, economy collapsed. Everything was uh, was in depression. The houses were rotten and you couldn't even buy a bulb. Uh, the moment they installed the bulb, uh, someone took it because you couldn't buy it. So to buy a kilo of coffee for all those coffee lovers that you go to your Starbucks and, you know, uh, we have Tim Hortons in Canada and Walmarts and you don't even think about you know, struggle of buying a, a cup of coffee. Well, my parents were coffee drinkers, uh, and I remember those times, and not just once, not just twice. This was the reality every month. Uh, they learned, You know, I mean, a, a first miracle that happens under communists, you have to learn where and when the shipment will come. So they learned that in three days, coffee is going to be delivered to that particular store. So the lineup started to form three days before that the moment you learn that the coffee is coming and you could only buy one kilo of coffee the lineup would start and then the exchange would happen so I would go to school my father would stand in the lineup then I would come back from school, I would exchange him he would go to work and then my mom would come back from work and she would cook for us and you know do all the stuff that uh, a mom needed to do and then she would exchange me and stand in the lineup so I could go at home and, and eat and after that I would come back again and then during the night they had the list that they had to fill and there were some people standing there during the night hours uh, with the list who is where and who is standing at what location and that was going on for days and sometimes weeks but this one i remember because i was part of it as a kid Standing there for three days just to buy a a kilo of coffee. My parents were sending me 350 kilometers when I was seven years old with big, big um, bags to buy meat. Why 350 kilometers? Because in our province, our state, if you will, there was no meat to buy. Like, I mean, zero. You couldn't just buy it. You couldn't go to store, even though you had the food stamps. So first of all, you need money. Then you need the food stamps. And then you need a miracle to go to store and actually be able to buy the meat. But there was no meat in our state. There was no meat. They shipped us to another state where my mom's sister was living. And over there they had meat. And again, you needed the stamps, and you needed the money. And you needed to stand in a huge never-ending lineup of people. So they would send me there and... My uncle and my aunt would pick me up from the train station. We would go to the store. We would stand, I don't know for how long. It was so horrible for a kid. But we had to stand in those lineups, and they were exchanging me and and then uncle and then aunt. Finally, we were able to buy meat, and I could not even lift it. So they had to put me in a train. I had to ask someone, an, an adult, to help me to put that meat on the shelf, and then off I went, three hundred fifty kilometers back to my city. And then my parents would pick me up, so we
0: can have meat. Wow. You you touched on it with, with Pastor Tim. Is most of us in in America and Canada of up here have never had any kind of serious hardship? How did? And if there's anything that you gained from that time under communism, did that give you a strength, a toughness, a mental toughness that helped you ultimately in in that now famous incident in the video? Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't want to lift up uh, a beauty of communism and
4: socialism because there was none, but, uh, uh, definitely it allowed us Polish people to be stronger. I mean, it's a jungle to survive. You had to be tough, not only tough to survive with the necessities of life, which constantly you were pursuing, but also you had to be tough physically. There were always fights. People were drinking all the time. You had to be a fighter to survive, like in the middle of jungle, only the strongest, uh, survived. Uh, The whole nation was run by bribery. They were bribing. I mean, imagine a nation when you go to a store and you have to bribe a clerk. Um, Can I buy this? Uh, No, we don't have any. You put a $100 bill and suddenly it's under the table and you can buy it. I mean, that's what I saw all the time, nonstop. Bribery. Bribery. For the teachers, nurses, doctors, police officers, politicians, judges, everyone was bribing everyone everywhere, and that was just a system. I remember my parents having a chocolates. Uh, there was no chocolates for us, but there was always uh, they tried always to buy chocolates for the bribery, and that's how the whole thing was run r- on a, on a regular basis. On a regular basis, I mean, it's 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 not the way to live. It's just survival.
0: Yes, but it, 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 socialism and communism just hasn't been done right. Yeah.
1: Next 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 time. But let's let's remember we'll get it right. let's remember when what Bernie Sanders said about bread lines. It's a good thing. It's a sign that the government is doing its job well, right? I mean, he that's an actual quote. You could look it up.
0: We are coming up against a hard break here, and we are so pleased to have Pastor Arthur Pulowski with us, and he'll stick with us, and we'll pick up the story and how he got found, became a servant of the Lord, and ultimately came to that now famous uh, incident in the video. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of United IE Radio.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. No prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net.
5: mention am 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or a hundred dollars off your repairs car star all-star collision the kings of wreck and roll 951-279-9161 am 590 the answer
0: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. My co-host is Doug Hauser. And he's, he was talking, Doug was talking a little too much in that first half. <laughs> <laughs> and we are pleased and honored to have Pastor Arthur Palowski, uh in studio with us. And he was telling the story of his time growing up in communist Poland and we're going to pick that up. I think he has one more thing he wants to tell us about his time in Poland uh, about toilet paper. I
4: know my wife doesn't like when I tell the story but I mean it's a real story and it's a serious story if you have a need, okay? And I'll just I'll not go any further. So For whatever reason, I don't get it, I don't understand, but when communism takes over, when socialists take over, there's always a lack of toilet paper. Don't ask me why, I don't know, I don't understand why. But growing up, there was always a hunt for a toilet paper. And the one they were producing was so hard that it was actually hurting, okay? And I won't go into details there. (laughs) So what happened was... uh, the. Government, however, the socialist communist the government was very good at propaganda, and you got to understand that every time tyrants take over, they always want to censorship uh, censor you. They want to deplatform you. They want to control the rhetoric. They want to control what people are hearing, uh, what they are listening to, and that's exactly what was happening in Poland. And they were printing this garbage propaganda newspapers all the time. But thank God for them. I'll tell you why. Because we were able to cut them into small pieces and break them uh, very nicely and use them for toilet paper. Your bum was black after because of the ink. Uh, However, they work very, very well. I mean, out of, you know... In the middle of this situation, it's better to have a propaganda paper than not to have Mm -hmm. anything. So um, I remember when this craziness with COVID, uh, this uh, wannabe tyrants, the medical tyranny, the socialistic, communistic, fascist takeover that we witnessed last March. One of the first things was the shortage of toilet paper. And it hit me right away. I I know maybe Americans and Canadians uh, didn't notice that at first, but it was the first indication the communists are taking over. The the socialists are taking over because there is a craziness about toilet paper. And that was one of the things that I remember from childhood, uh, a constant fight for toilet paper. People were literally fighting to the death to be able to buy toilet paper. And you only yeah. were allowed to buy few rolls, which they didn't last uh, for, too, for too long. So um, it's very interesting that there is this uh, repetition of history right now that we're seeing. Uh, you know, in the Bible it says that there is nothing new under the sun. What happened before, it's going to happen again unless we forget. And this is the famous words that we always say, um, less we forgo- uh, forget. I, I think we have forgotten. We have forgotten the history. We are not teaching our children history. We're not teaching them about the past, and therefore they are repeating the same mistakes today. Escaped from Poland to Greece, from Greece to Canada. I started a business again, and then in 1999, I started to work with homeless people. And I went to the streets. I still had my company, and then in 2005, uh, from to- from 1999 to 2005, I worked part-time with the homeless people. We were feeding them, we are taking them for dinners, driving them to church, trying to help them part-time. In 2005, I decided to leave my business and do this full time so for 16 years i am working with the homeless people prostitutes drug dealers and I, the only thing i'm interested at is to save their lives get them out of this horrible circumstances they find themselves in and of course i am a preacher i preach the word of god and i tell them that there is hope that your yesterday was terrible your today is unbearable but your tomorrow can look totally different look at me i was a drunkard before i was a corrupted man before i was bribing police I I was bribing judges i was bribing the the politicians and i came out of this i don't drink since 1999 i'm a free man and that's the message i'm giving them and what i find out very quickly that the homeless people are not being fed because of corruption you see corruption in canada is different than corruption in poland under the soviet regime in poland was open Everybody knew about it. You could go to a cop with an envelope, give him the money, and it was all perfectly okay. In Canada everything is done in white gloves. They're hiding it. But is nevertheless is as corrupted as under the communism. It's just a different level of corruption and is not so much in the open. In in two thousand five I end up on the streets feeding the poor and a shock. The authorities started to come, and they said that feeding the poor is against the Canadian laws, that hmm. preaching the gospel is against Canadian laws. And I look at the Charter of Our Rights and Freedoms, where it says in the preamble, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God, so that's the number one thing, and then the rule of law. I read the whole thing, and I said, well, it's giving me the right to do what I do, just like the Constitution of the United States of America is giving you certain guaranteed, fundamentally guaranteed rights. And one of those rights in Canada is a provision of necessities of life. And that's what I was doing. The government disagreed. So it started a 10-year war, a literally a 10-year war with Attorney General, Minister of Justice. I was arrested dozens of times, over 100 court cases, 300 citations, tickets, summons, for illegally feeding the poor. I was the first Canadian clergyman to be arrested. Handcuffed, arrested, I faced a year jail time, seven criminal charges for publicly reading Bible. No amplification, Just I stood in the public park with six of my parishioners and I read from the Psalms and I was handcuffed, arrested, thrown in jail and I faced a year jail time for my horrible crime. That triggered a big fight. I was fined for giving free goods and services. For example, the government said that when I give free goods, when I feed people, when I give you a sandwich in public, I have broken the law. Giving free goods is against the law. Then, giving free goods and services. So if I pray for you in public, I'm giving you my services. Therefore, I am a criminal. And that's how the mainstream media painted me a lawbreaker, criminal, a guy that has total disregard to the law of the land, an immigrant that came and wants to destroy the, you know, Canadian law and, you know, justice system, all that stuff. And I persisted. I fought them at every corner. They almost finished me off. I remortgaged my house seven times to fight them, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was arrested so many times and detained. I I lost count. And uh, over 100 court cases. Some of the court cases lasted as long as three weeks, every single day, for feeding the poor and preaching the gospel. And that uh, was going on until 2010. 2010, I won my last fight with the premier of Alberta, mayor, uh, which is a homosexual Muslim mayor, Nahed Nenshi, that has a vendetta. He actually hates Christians and fights Christians at every corner, and Minister of Justice, Attorney General, and you name it, all kinds of different people. Seven lawyers uh, were against us. And then uh, I won. They gave me back my my rights. And for a few years they left me alone until last March when they have found a new weapon. (laughs) And let me just be very clear. This is a medical tyranny. This is their new weapon to take our rights away from us. It's not based on science, it's not based on biology. It's it's not based on medical expertise. Doctors they're censored, they deplatform. This is a medical tyranny. They have found an invisible enemy. Because you see if Chinese would attack you, you know who to shoot, right? But if the virus that you cannot see is attacking you, and an invisible enemy, what what can we do? And they're using this to take one right at a time, just like Adolf Hitler did. And you gotta remember Adolf Hitler was democratically elected. Everything he did, according to his party, was perfectly legal. And the same what Stalin did, according to him and his communistic party, was perfectly legal taking one law at a time, implementing tyranny, dictatorship. Uh, some people are saying, well, socialism is equality. Well, listen, 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million people. They had everything. 36 million people had nothing. In 1981, solidarity movement with Lech Wałęsa, when they realize, wait a second, there's more of us than of them. There's 50,000 of them and there's 36 million of us. We can do something about it. They took it to the streets. They paralyzed the entire economy and they have broken the yoke of oppression. In 1981 and 82, they won the rights to be humans again. And I'm telling you, people ask me, what can be done? What can we do? I see, I say to them all the time, you want to win your country back? Take it to the streets. You cannot just be a keyboard warrior anymore. You cannot just talk. Talk is okay. It's fine. But that's the first step. you got to take it to the streets. You know why they have called the churches unessential services? You know why they don't want us to meet in the churches? Because in the churches, there is an exchange of information. We talk. We talk with each other. You're a doctor. Oh, tell me about this. Oh, you're a lawyer. You're a police officer. Tell me what's going on behind the the closed doors and we start to learn that this whole thing is a sham it's a, it's garbage it's just being used against the people to enslave the people the elimination of the middle class the small and medium sized businesses put the mask on why because you have no identity we are telling you you're nobody you don't have name you don't have a face anymore and you have no voice we are putting a muzzle on your voice we are telling you you have no identity we don't care who you are and you have no say in this hall Craziness. So, March 2020, government of Canada declared that I have to stop feeding the poor. I disagreed. I was surrounded by the police, and I ended up being a first clergyman to get a COVID ticket. My parishioner was shoved, assaulted, and then um, they started to show up at my church. All the time with videotaping us, uh, taking pictures, and I would end up with another COVID ticket. I got 29 COVID tickets so far, three court orders, two injunctions, and two contempt of court. December comes, and the Canadian government, federal, provincial, and municipal declared that they're canceling Christmas. They didn't cancel Halloween. They encourage people to partake partake in Halloween. However, they shut down the Christmas. Why? Because Christians historically they have always been in the opposition to corruption. We Christians we hate corruption. I used to be a corrupted man. I no longer uh, partake in corruption. I hate corruption. So Christians are in a big opposition to whatever they want to do. That's why they want to shut down the churches. That's why they want to shut down the social gatherings. Have you wondered why they are saying to you that there is a need of a social distancing? Why they're not calling physical distancing? I mean, the virus is not going to spread through a social interaction. It's physical interaction. Why they're calling social distancing? that's why they don't want you to come together when people come together they become stronger when we come together like a pack like a a pride of lions like sheep that find uh, their strength together they are terrified of that Polish people during solidarity came together and they met in churches and they strategized in churches and they know that the history they know the history I wish that American people and Canadians would start learning history
0: because history is teaching us what to do. Well, let me we take a break here. But the, the reason is what Orwell wrote. That he who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. And that's what we see going on here in our country. And I guess it's happening in, in Canada as well. Let's hear from our sponsor. and We'll resume our conversation after this word from All Star Collision. The place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly... Welcome back to Unite, IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, we are pleased and honored to have in studio Pastor Archer who came to fame and then now in that video where he threw the healthcare uh, gestapo out of... His church, uh, who came without a warrant to disrupt his religious services, and there's so much more to the story we've been uh, delving into, and I think we've only probably scratched the surface of the things he has to tell us. Uh, I've certainly monopolized the conversation, so uh, my, uh, my co-host has been waiting patiently over here, so now he gets his one
1: question of the day. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I don't want to say that I'm speechless in the face of, uh, of this entire uh, exposition, because that would shock people who know me too much, but um, it's, it's just incredible. Uh, I just wish to uh, accentuate a couple of points that you made, which is when you talked about how uh, young people see communism or socialism as sort of an inequality where everybody's treated equally. And yet uh, we know the average uh, Russian person is standing online for toilet paper while Vladimir Putin has a beautiful dasha on the Black Sea. And uh, while the uh, average Cuban is working in the sugarcane fields, sweating it out for 12 hours or 14 hours a day, uh, Fidel just sat behind his desk. And- smoked his big old cigars i mean he never had any shortages of anything and we know that that's true in all these countries and yet these people complain about uh, income inequality in america where people can rise and fall on their merits and their hard work um so uh yeah just uh That was basically, I wanted to add that. Uh, Also, the idea of how absolutely Orwellian it is. Uh, One of the reasons you said they don't want the church to speak out because the church is opposed to uh, corruption and stuff. I think that's true of true religions in general. They're opposed to corruption. But it's also because the government cannot tolerate any center of power anywhere. The unions are all fake. The news stations are all fake. The newspapers are all fake. Everything is fake. Everything must be controlled by the government because they can't allow any center of Power. And in some of these countries, if 10 people get together in somebody's house to have a discussion, that's against the law because they're afraid that that might rise to the level of having some influence in a neighborhood. And that's too much for them to tolerate. So, uh, yeah, just uh, continue. Tell us, uh, you know, continuing how you. Uh came to that point
4: well you know fifty thousand communists were ruling over 36 million poles, and they had everything like i said before the heart desired and when you look at uh, vladimir putin uh this guy is the richest man on earth or one of the richest people on earth while the country is suffering while people are dying and uh, there's shortages of of this and that And, and that's exactly what i saw uh they had parties Um, They were penalizing Polish people for watching American movies, and yet I was one of the people that smuggled the American movies for them so Mm -hmm. they could watch it, and it was perfectly okay. That was all good. When uh, my mom could not buy a chocolate for me, I used to receive one if I was extremely blessed, twice a year a chocolate. And if it happened that the chocolate had peanuts in it, I would uh, break that little square, and I would lick the chocolate around the peanut and save it for the next day. I mean, that's the childhood we're talking about. Bananas, we would see every two years. Uh, oranges, the same way. And yet, uh, the communistic party leaders, they had everything. They could travel to other places and they could party and they could uh, have the shipments of uh, American stuff. It was a total hypocrisy. What I'm trying to tell you, that this whole this system is a sham. It's a hypocrisy. It's, it's fake. Everything is fake about communism. Fascism and socialism And the same with um, Adolf Hitler, Goering And uh, Goebbels and all those devils Uh, They have everything, and they had everything their heart desires while the German people were dying at the front. Uh, What we see right now, the Fauci's, uh, the evil, wicked uh, Biden's types and Newsom's and those wicked, demon-possessed psychopaths because that's what they are. They have everything their heart desires, and the rest of the people are extremely struggling. They're struggling with work. They're losing their jobs. You know, in Calgary, the, um, you know, Calgary business people are losing businesses 10 to 15 every single day. 10 to 15 businesses are closing down every single day. People are suffering. They're losing everything. there There is the biggest suicide rate in Canada, in the history of Canada, and mostly kids, young kids. Because they look at the thing and they say, well, there is no hope for us. They shut down everything. Downtown Calgary is a ghost town ghost town i mean literally you walk and restaurant after restaurant and businesses are for lease for sale closed you know it's 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 a shocker why because this is the greatest elimination of the middle class like i said before the small medium-sized businesses why because they only want two categories of people they want extremely powerful and rich that's why walmart costco IKEAs, and all those types of businesses never shut down have you ever wondered why it's okay to go with 500 people to ikea and it's not okay to have a brother for a coffee in your house because you would be arrested in my country we were threatened with arrest if we would have a family dinner and i was mentioning about the christmas festival right we we finished off on that during christmas Uh, the government said that having a Christmas dinner with your family, it's punishable, and the police will be cruising around seeing if there's more cars at your front drive uh, than normally, and they encourage people to snitch, just like during communism. So what I did, I went publicly, and I said, you know what, you can cancel Christmas, I'm canceling you, you devils, and I'm inviting everyone to come and participate in the biggest Christmas festival in the country, and thousands of people showed up, we had AAA steaks, we had barbecues, we Christmas carolers, musicians, preachers, testimonies. We have given hundreds of gifts away, and we have, and listen to this, we had over 100 police officers, 52 police cars at our church. We had 20 cops on bicycles, videotaping everything we were doing, taking pictures. And eventually I end up with 11 COVID tickets for my horrible crime of having a Christmas celebration. And that's in the outdoors, streetchurch.ca. If you want to see um, some of the pictures or videos or Arthur Poloski TV, you can see what we do on YouTube channel or our website, www.streetchurch.ca. And then one, they one more can, time, one, a little slower on that uh, URL. www.streetchurch.ca. Or YouTube channel, Arthur Palosky, A R T U R P A W L O W S K I T V. So that's on the outdoor. They left us be in an indoor church, and that's the famous video. And I was very happy because I'm telling you the truth, I'm not looking for a fight. Uh, but if the fight will come, I'm a Polish man, and the Wing Hussars were the best army on earth so if you come fighting safe, they, and they stopped the Turks at Vienna yep. in 1683, that's right, that's right, with the King Sobieski, uh, we beat them up, and we are also the ones that stopped the Mongolians the Genghis Khan, we also stopped the Vikings, I mean Polish people are crazy um, you know, we're crazy for two reasons, if there is a peace, we have a tendency to fight with each other, but when we finally come together and we see the bigger enemy we unite and we become like pride of lions and it's over for the hyenas
0: and it was the Poles who stole a German Enigma coding machine at the outset of the war that right. allowed us to break their the German codes yeah the Enigma the powerful Yeah, so um, going back to the story,
4: they started to show up at our um, church location, the building. And the first time they came, they blocked our driveway to the church, intimidating operationers and taking pictures of the people uh, that wanted to come to the church. It took me an hour to fend off those hyenas, only for them to come back a few weeks later. And again, the tactics of the Gestapo and the communists, they they took pictures of our women and children. And they made sure we see that they're taking pictures of women men and children right a psychological warfare a psychological tactical maneuver to put pressure on the men. and then during the easter celebration the passover we are preparing ourselves for months fasting prayer my message is is from Aaron and moses let my people go so they can worship me and they dare to come they dare to come inside the building i was shocked i'm telling you I told them many times if they will come, they will be trespassing and breaking three criminal laws, the You know, Canadian law prohibits them to do that. They cannot interfere with the clergyman while he's conducting his services. They cannot interfere with a church service. They cannot uh, do what they did. It's illegal, actually. According to our criminal code, it's illegal. But they did it anyway. I was shocked. It took me a second to, like, is this for real? Is this happening? So I went for my telephone, and I started to record the famous video. I was told that over a billion people watched that video, (laughs) and it was the number one played video during the... The Easter weekend and I told them what was in my heart let my people go right I said get out get out and they would not move so I was uh, everything intensified and I said get out Gestapo and Nazis and, and they eventually it took me over 30 times to tell them to get out and then they came back a few weeks later with a warrant and the judge that signed that warrant was uh, listen to this his name is David Gates I'm not kidding you The judge that gave them enormous powers, his name is Gates, and this is the power he gave them. The power to come anytime they want, any day of the week, with whomever they want to come. And if I dare to tell them, no, I can be arrested
0: anywhere without a warrant. And you ultimately were arrested, and we are up against a hard break. We could carry on this conversation, I'm sure, for a whole other hour or more. But I know they are still prosecuting you, and I'm sure you would appreciate donations to your legal defense. Where could people do that?
4: A R T at streetchurch.ca or website
0: www.streetchurch.ca Thank you very much for being on the show and everything you're doing for the cause of the Lord and for freedom and tune in next week for another exciting edition of
5: Unite IE Radio. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161.
2: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman,
5: NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch MLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated MLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven Equal housing opportunity.
1: AM 590, the answer.